So, you know, when I commit to a client, I commit to a client. Like I'm very serious about it. I will, I will uncover every stone and do everything I need to do to make sure that they're confident in that ultimate decision they make when they list or when they purchase a home. This is Stay Paid, the marketing podcast that gives listeners a competitive edge to stay motivated, find inspiration, and discover proven real-world tactics from some of the best marketers across the nation. This podcast is brought to you by Reminder Media, the company that keeps the lights on in our studio, including our Take Action sign behind us. Luke and I have worked together over the last 20 years to help small business owners stay top of mind with a mission to help them generate more repeat and referral business. We help business owners with everything from lead generation, print marketing, social media content, geographic farming, and more. We've had the opportunity to help over 100,000 entrepreneurs over the last 20 years. It's really been amazing. If you'd like to see how we can help you and your business, be sure to check out ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidMarketing. That's ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidMarketing. Take action on that today. Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. My name is Joshua Stike along with Luke Acri, and our guest today is Janie Carlucci as the team leader of the boss team and principal agent at Compass. Janie is a highly accomplished real estate professional with a proven track record of nearly 25 years in negotiations and business. Her unwavering commitment to her clients' best interests has continued to set her and her team apart from the competition as a matchmaker, she calls it, between buyers and sellers in New Jersey. Janie, welcome to Stay Paid. Thanks for being here. Hi, thanks for having me, guys. Love it. Janie, I'm excited to have you on the podcast. I'm excited for most guests, but I got introduced to Janie, and yeah. I'm really excited for this because Ed, Ed Stulak, yeah. So a lot of people might know him. We've interviewed him a couple times here. Three uh, times. Yeah, three he, times. I think yeah. it is. He, he was one of the first people that ever gave us a chance yes. on Stay Paid Absolutely. as like an interviewer. Mm-hmm. Or an he came in to the office for this first interview. Yeah, came yeah. in office, um, but incredible on social. You should check him out. But Ed introduced me to Janie at a event I was speaking at. Ed was speaking at the same event, and he's like, oh, you got you to gotta meet this person. She is killing it in real estate. And... I got to know you just a little bit at the event. I was like, we got to have you on our podcast, your track record on what you talk about with NLP. I'm really excited to talk about that and, and how you think about sales from that approach. But if you could just introduce yourself to the audience, tell a little bit of your story. I know you haven't been in real estate very long. How long have you been in real estate? What type of volume did you do last year? Give us a little bit of your background there. Yeah, sure. And thanks to Ed for this connection. Um, I'm really excited about this. So I've been in real estate just a little bit over three years, but I have been a business consultant for over two decades. So I have been negotiating contracts, um, managing big projects and helping people through major decisions for a really long time. And the skill set of my previous career, you know, transferred really easily into real estate. Now, you're based out of New Jersey, correct? Yes. Okay, so New Jersey. And then, um, like, what's your volume last year, your transaction count last year? Because you're only three years in. Um, my volume, I think, was around $30 million, That's and awesome. And average sale is a little over a mil- million. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so crushing it three years in. I only say that we interview a lot of people, and we have a lot of real estate clients, and I hate to mention the failure rate because so many people mention it, right? But we all know it's like 87 to 90% fail uh, within just a few years. And you've made it. Can you elaborate on what you think has been some of the keys to why you have succeeded in the first three Um, years in real estate? Yeah, so I think there's a couple things. One, I'm I'm blessed to have a family that always helped me to believe in myself. Mm. Um, I was a long distance runner, very competitive, and I endurance is so instilled in me and not quitting. 
you know, just like sticking with something once you make a commitment. Um, but the bigger thing is probably um, just my business background. So I come from a consulting background that has been multifaceted. I focus on uh, finance, um, operations, HR. Ironically, one of the only things that I never focused on as a consultant was marketing. Hmm. But when I came into real estate, I knew enough about it from it being the one slice I never focused on that I knew was really important. And so I got into this business right before the pandemic and I got my license and then real estate shut down as an essential business. So in New Jersey for a period of a few months, we were not allowed to practice real estate. And I was thinking, what the heck did I do? I just got rid of this amazing career and now I'm sitting here and I can't even go out and make money. Um, Luckily, I... You know, I was in a position where I could kind of float myself financially for just a little bit. Um, but that little bit was like, by the time I started making money, I was like, oh, thank God I'm making money again. Yeah. Um, but what I did is I used that time to build my brand. And I and I think it was really important to go onto social media and start building a brand that showed that I was already connecting with people in the industry. So I was already working with major influencers like you know, inspectors and mortgage lenders and and real estate attorneys. And I just started interviewing them and putting them on my social media. How did you do that? Did you just reach out to them? Like, or did you have some relationship with them before or just look them up and reach out to them? How did you make that connection? Some of it was like when I got into real estate, people were like, oh, you're in real estate now. You know, you have to meet this mortgage lender. You okay. have to meet this person. So I said, why not? So I literally, um, I asked a builder if I could use one of his vacant houses that was sage. And we sat at the table and I brought in like a videographer and we just videotaped individual interviews. And then we did a bunch of lifestyle photos together. And I just started putting it on my page. Um, By the time real estate opened back up, if someone went to my page, there was was a brand there. Um, I also came, you know, I worked with a, a woman that I knew that did a great job with digital advertising to build this brand. So we brainstormed one day and came up with like what resonates with me. And we came up with the, the New Jersey real estate boss. So <laughs> even though I'm not Italian, I have an Italian last name. Do you, do you have the mafia in your family? Is that where? He's no, the no. mafia in my family, but <laughs> we thought it would be really funny if I went with the boss. Cause you know, you're in New Jersey and if you're going to have an Italian last name, you might as well own it. I love it. So, you know, and it, it's funny, the first couple of times I did deals and I had to exchange my email with other agents and they're like, what's your email? And it's the NJRE boss at Gmail. They were like, how many deals have you done? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but people didn't Just forget wait. it and the brand worked. How did you um, get into luxury then? Was that something that you kind of consciously started off wanting to, to do? Because obviously an average million dollar you know, price last year, you're deep um, in the luxury market. I don't know if I consciously thought to start there, but all of my clients in the past were executives. They were CEOs, CFOs, okay. like chief, you know, chief HR officers. So I'm very used to how they make decisions. Um, I also think that when you're marketing, especially on social media, you need to know who your avatar client is because if you try to talk to everyone, you talk to no one. So you really have to kind of channel in. And for tw- you know, 20 years, that's who I was talking to. I was talking to people who are, you know, they don't have a lot of time. They want you to do the diligence. They want you to um, um, maybe even work with people that influence their decisions, like their accountants or their financial advisors. So I was already used to that. And I also got lucky because a lot of luxury 
buyers are not always on social media, but because it was a pandemic and because people were home, they were on social media. Mm. So I started picking up really great buyers from social media that just sort of trusted, you know, maybe it was my language and we could talk about that with neuro linguistics. Um, but maybe it was my language, maybe it was the images, you know, mm. something resonated with them and they, they gave me a shot. And I think that's half of it. The other half is when you get that shot, you have to do well because your business is really going to start building based on referrals. So, you know, when I commit to a client, I commit to a client, like I'm very serious about it. I will, I will uncover every stone and do everything I need to do to make sure that they're confident in that ultimate decision they make when they list or when they purchase a home. That's also super well said. Talk about NLP a little bit, because I'm really curious about this. Uh, the yeah. Say it three times fast, Luke. Yeah, NLP, NLP, no, NLP. Neuro-linguistic oh, yeah. programming. <laughs> say yeah, it one time fast. <laughs> so it's really like, um, and, and also neuro-associative programming too. So, how your brain associates both words and other stimulus to like the way it's programmed. So now, were you trained in this? Just so I understand, like, how did you come I across in this? this? So okay. Tony Robbins, you know, when Tony Robbins runs his events, he has master trainers. Two of his master trainers ran a program called NAP Academy. Okay. And I, I sat through this program for a year. Okay. So I was trained personally by them for a year. Every week was probably 12 to 20 hours of work. Jeez. Um, we had two in-depth like weekends, like immersions in the, in the skills. Um, but basically there's, there's so many little techniques I've learned, but two of the biggest ones is that you start to recognize that there, there are six basic human needs. And when I meet someone, I can kind of pick up based on whatever information they're giving me, what drives them. Wow. And those needs are, you know, loving connection. Uh, variety, stability, um, contribution, significance, and I'm trying to think of the sixth one, but when I, oh, growth, growth. So when I meet someone, like if they're really focused on money and they're really concerned, then I know I need to like focus on the value of a, of a decision. Um, if someone's focused on love and connection and I'm like, let's say a buyer, like I'm going to make sure that not only am I showing them houses, but I'm connecting them to people in the community that are going to make them feel like if they move here, they're going to make friends instantly. Um, what what so are you listening for? What maybe what questions or what are you prompting them to be able to pick up on that? Um. Oh gosh, that, that this is hard to answer. Um, someone like let's say someone's looking for significance. Mm -hmm. They're, they're probably they're looking for validation right so <laughs> it might be someone who's focused on status mm. like they might ask you a question like oh is this the nicest neighborhood in the suburb okay so they're they're worried about the status of them okay that's fine and then there are some people who might be the opposite like oh i don't you know i don't want to be in the bougie area you know it's more important to me that i'm with people who are just down to earth you know, but it, it helps me guide them. And it's, there is a lot of training to know what words are associated with that. Um, but a lot of it is based on their decisions and their, their drivers. Like what is their value system? Um, you know, how do they make decisions? 
Imagine this, you're driving around town and you see a house that you previously sold with a for sale sign in the yard featuring an agent that isn't you. There's no worse feeling than knowing you missed out on an opportunity for repeat business simply because a former client forgot your name. With Reminder Media's help, you can become unforgettable with your own branded magazine. In fact, 70% of people who receive a personally branded magazine from their agent have done repeat business with them simply because they sent them the magazine. Never lose another client again because they forgot who you were. Visit ReminderMedia.com slash ForgottenAgent to request your free sample of our branded magazine. That's ReminderMedia.com slash ForgottenAgent. Take action on this today. Do you, when you go in and you meet, like you do, a, do you do buyer consults before you show buyers around or do you like do it after you show them around? How do you, how do you do that before I get into this next question? That's actually, yes. Okay. You're you're on, you're on to this. So whenever we meet a buyer lead, like let's say we get a Zillow lead, yeah, you know, we're going to get out there and we're going to meet that, that buyer lead right away. But ultimately what I've trained my team to do is say, look, like we want to step back. When you meet a new buyer, they're still in the due diligence phase. They haven't picked an agent yet. You know, maybe you get lucky and they buy that house that you showed them or that house that you met them at, at like an open house, but you bring them back and you under and you take them back and say, look, I want to list. I want to know what your goals are. Like, I really don't want to push you to buy a house. I want to understand like what's important to you. And let's have a buyer consultation call. We'll get on the call with my team leader, and this is how we successfully help people win in this market. And we'll set up like a forty-five minute call. In that call, that's when I'm listening for all these different factors. Gotcha. Um, to dig into their their real desire. Like what's yes. the real driver for them actually making that decision? And then based upon discovering that driver, do mm-hmm. you now change? Is Because this is, I guess, where I wonder with NLP because I'm not trained in it at all. Is it mm-hmm. mostly the language you use, like the words, or is it the tone, the, the style, the in, inflection? Like if you're New Jersey, I'm going to talk to you different in the Northeast than I'm going to talk to the you know, Southern hospitality person down in Georgia, you know, like, like what part of it is in, obviously it may be all encompassing, but what's like, where do you focus based upon knowing the driver? Well, it's funny. You talk about tonality. That's, I can actually, so someone's human needs is one filter. Another filter I listen for is do they make, are they a visual person or are they auditory? Okay. Um, that helps me figure out like, how do I help influence decisions? Tone of voice will actually tell me if someone's like a real fast talker or they talk with their hands a lot, like they're me. a visual person. Yes, they're a visual person. She if nailed someone, me. She did. That's <laughs> me. No. Someone speaks slow and they kind of look up in the air. Um, they don't use their body a lot. They're probably auditory. And people who are auditory are also they tend to be a little more analytical sometimes. So if I hear that, <laughs> that's Luke's Josh. looking at me. Cause that's, that's Josh. <laughs> yeah. Then I know like, okay, this person's going to need more data. They're going to want to see market stats, you know, a visual person. I'm like, they're just going to, you know, they're going to want to see the 3d walkthrough tours of a house. So I listen for that stuff too. And then I know like, okay, how am I going to help this person make decisions? Um, so that's, I think I, did I answer your question? Yeah, no, that's perfect. That's That's what I would want to know. I, I, like when I look at this stuff, the hard part for me being in sales myself and stuff is always going like, you want to, 
know the nuance down to where you can influence properly. But it's like you don't want to get too lost in thinking it's like uh, almost like a game. Like if I can just match and mirror what they're doing, then they're going to get into some circadian rhythm with me in heartbeat and they're going to like me more and buy from me. Like that's where I think it ventures into non-practical. I could be wrong and off there, but it's like, you know, it's like, I don't think you're going to get into the same, bre- like Tony Robbins talks a lot of times, like, Does we're going to start breathing the same and we're going to sink up. And that's like, sure, that might happen physiologically, but right. the, the idea that you're going to have to kind of influence to that level gets lost on me. What, what's your feelings on that? Like, do you see it more like in well, that you- deep, deep side or do you see it kind of sur- like more surface level? <laughs> I think that, well, there's two things. So you, you mentioned matching and mirroring, right? right? So matching and mirroring is kind of like basic NLP. Like you just match someone's body language, use the words that they use, like, and what you're doing is building rapport with them. Right. My personal opinion is if you're not genuine in your intent, um, then it's a waste of time you're going to get lost because you're people are going to pick up on that. You know, we're only using a small percentage of our brain in the conscious level. Most of our decisions and filters are, are subconscious, you know, but if you're genuine and you get in congruence with someone like, you know, you're sitting like this and if I start sitting like this, you're going to start feeling, you're going to start like resonating with my energy. Cause I'm literally mirroring you. Mm. Um, but that in itself is not going to, be everything. Like I genuinely have to listen to how you make decisions and help you through this process for your benefit, not mine. It's not because I'm trying to make a sale. It's just that I'm trying to help you using the filters that I'm recognizing in you to make a decision that you feel confident in. Yeah. That's the golden nugget right there. It's literally the way I think about it is you're trying to communicate to me in the way that I like to receive communication. And yes. because of that, I can understand it more, which I now feel more comfortable and I have more trust because it's not because you have manipulated or done anything. It's just literally you've made it simpler for me to understand because I'm a visual person or I'm an auto, you know, Tory type person, but you're communicating the style in which I want to communicate. It's almost yeah. like NLP is being able to do a PI on somebody, like a predictive index <laughs> or a, a disc assessment visually and audibly. Yes. Disc is another whole part that we incorporate as well. And I could usually pick up someone's disc profile without even having them take the test. But it's exactly that because especially with new agents, when I'm coaching and mentoring, they can get really impatient. They can get so frustrated because they, they can know that this house is exactly what their client wants. And they already know enough about the market to know what it's going to sell for. And they're not ready to get there. Mm -hmm. But if you're just, if I'm just taking my style of communication or my style of decision-making and regurgitating that over and over on the person, all I'm doing is pushing them away. Mm. I'm actually doing the opposite of what I need to do. But if I take the time up front in that buyer consultation to to just understand them and how they filter things in their brain, and then I match my consulting to that, I bring them through that buyer process and the whole offer negotiation process of starting to understand where they need to be to win houses much quicker. 
Yeah, it's so good. So talk to me, switching gears just a little bit, because I'm curious for you. I always like to ask producers, and you're a big-time producer. Most of your leads, is it from referrals from your sphere of influence? It is. Okay. And do you? what do you do to try to keep your brand top of mind? Social was one thing. What else do you do to try to stay in front of them? So um, I... I spend a lot of money on a hyper local basis. So I started, okay. I live in Westfield, New Jersey, which is a great community for real estate. Um, I brought in team members into other great suburbs of New Jersey, but I do a lot of print advertising. Nice. Um, I feel like now, you know, I met someone this weekend. I was introduced to someone and um, they didn't even know my brokerage. They knew my brand though. Wow. And they're like, oh, you're with that brokerage, the boss team. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not the broker, but yes, they knew my brand. So I feel like I'm, I'm ready. I spent a lot of money to build a brand and I'm ready to like, you know, that's why I was at the event where I met you. Yep. I mean, social media event to teach people how to use social media, which is free lead gen. Um, and so I'm, I'm doing that now because especially if I, um, you know, if I can learn from the best of the best and I could take this other aspect, which is understanding the wording that my target um, client is going to resonate with, with yep. I could combine those two things and, and start to get leaner in my business. When you say print, do you mean like local, like local magazines, magazines stuff like um, that? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Like kiosks, you know, like, you know, you go into CVS and you yep. pull like a Lysol wipe, like my face was up there. Love that. Yep. So things like that. But now I could start pulling back on that and I could start leveraging social to, to yep. continue so, to build the brand. Yeah. Social. It's, uh, the great thing about social is it's a free medium. It's just one medium. Uh, just so the audience knows too, because most of our audience knows we produce a magazine. Janie's not using our magazine. You should Janie. Maybe we should talk about I, that later, talk but, about that. but yeah, <laughs> but, but she's not using ours. Okay, I, yeah, I want to point- talk about that. Yeah. Cause I don't think I do a great job. Like being three years in, everything is still recent. So my, you know, every year at the holidays, I go back to all my clients and I give every single past client a gift. 10 years from now, you know, I, I need to be do, doing something more like your magazine. Yes. Where it's like and I'm we have a great holiday fun. edition for all those our, listening. Our plan has worked. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's really why we wanted Jamie on the show. We're just really going to sell her right here live on the show. No, but um, I just wanted to point that out so people know. Like one of the things I see in really successful producers, and this transcends real estate, but let's talk about real estate real quick. And I saw it in my brother to give just a counterbalance example. They go all in mm -hmm. on being willing to put money out there and get their brand out there right away. They do not dip their toe in the water. They literally, Grant Cardone said one time, whatever you think of him, he said, if I became a real estate agent today, I would instantly try to become a celebrity overnight. I go to every news station, every radio station, every billboard, everything that I could to get my name out there because the person who wins the business is the person who's most known. Everybody yeah. understands that in branding, but what here's what real estate agents do. Yeah. They, they die a death of a, a thousand little pokes because they, oh, wow, it's painful. They try to do one email blast and they're like, nope, that didn't work. Then they try to do one social media ad and oh, no, that didn't work. And they don't understand, hey, you're not going to get instant gratification, but the one who wins is the one who builds the brand. And that's what you did. I mean, putting on the Lysol wipe. Like if someone <laughs> came to you and said, how many, how many deals did you get from being on the Lysol wipe stand? You're going to be like, well... I didn't really get any direct deals, but you know, it's my brands in that community. 
I know. I, I did get about 20 texts of people posing with my kiosk yeah. and <laughs> sending it to me or my team members saying, hey, look, I saw the boss team in CVS today. So it, it definitely helped build the brand. Um, I also, when I came into real estate, I built my brand, my logo, my website while I was in real estate school. Good I did not you. wait until I already sold. I was doing it in parallel because I knew that I was going to get busy and I wouldn't have time for that stuff later. Yeah, I so also good. wanted to know, who am I? Like, I listened to your Monday mo- Motivation this week. You were talking about successful people know their identity. Yep. Like, I 1,000% agree with that. Like, I have to know who I am coming into this and have some thought of, like, who I think I'm going to resonate with. Some of the things I was right about, some some of the things I was wrong about. But I spent that time while I was in real estate school, so I wasn't, like, figuring it out afterwards. That's yeah, so good. Fantastic. Jamie, I have to ask you, um, because I know the answer to this, because you sent us the answer ahead of time, but your the book that's had the greatest impact, you mentioned, I actually have it, you convicted me, because I have this book sitting on my bookshelf at home, and I haven't read it yet. Uh, sh- share with us uh, what the book that's had the most impact on you is. Yeah, so it's the four agreements. The four agreements, like, it's written, one of the things I like about it is I respect people of different religions. I'm not the type of person to force my belief system on you. Um, And it was written by someone who recognized that. And he looked across like multiple religions and he kind of summarized four main like agreements that if you have these with yourself, you can't go wrong. Um, And they're, (laughs) they're be impeccable with your word. Uh, Take nothing personally. Um, Always do your best. I'm trying to think of the fourth one. Do you have it there? Uh, fourth one, always do. Uh, don't make assumptions. Don't make assumptions. That's the one I often forget. <laughs> I've gotten better on that. But like, if I'm upset with someone or I'm stuck and I and I take my mindset and I filter it through that, usually I, I could figure out something like, I'm taking this way too personally and this has nothing to do with me. I need to stop worrying about this person's reaction and instead just keep even moving past it or just have a little sympathy for mm, that's so their good behavior towards me and then get constructive in how we're going to work through it. And I just, I use those four all the time. Mm. And every time I come into across adversity, I can usually find one of those that's going to help me coach myself through the obstacle. That's Is awesome. there a mantra or principle that you live by? Yes. Be open. So whatever that is, like whether it's, you know, I'm very growth oriented. That's a, that's one of my basic human needs. Um, I would say mine are love and connection and then growth oriented. Mm. Um, but just being open to learning, to feedback, to helping others, to the one that I said, I forget, make no assumptions, <laughs> right? Like instead of assuming something, um, be open to maybe asking some probing questions because you'll usually find out a lot more information and be able to solve things a lot easier. The more open you are to getting information. Love it. Great message. Well said. Thank you for coming on today and sharing your journey with us before we close out, Janie, let people know how they can connect with you. Yeah. Um, they can go on my website, the boss team collection.com or my email, um, which is the NJREboss at gmail.com, which is also my Instagram handle. 
awesome. Love that website, that URL too. All right. Thanks again. And thank you all so much for listening. You can dive deeper this episode, get the uh, links that Janie just mentioned there, as well as the show notes and the video of this episode over at staypaidpodcast.com. And if you enjoyed this episode and want to show your support, head on over to Apple Podcasts, drop us a five-star review along with a comment. We'll read it here on the show. And the best way to show your support is to share this episode with a friend, share it on your social media. If you want to get a hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com. And of course, you can find us on social media. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, I'm Luke Acree. Thank you so much, Danny. That was fantastic. Excited Love to get it. to know you more. Guys, go check out her on Instagram and her website. She really is doing amazing things. I think you can learn a ton by following and watching her brand. Here is my action item for you, right? And, you know, we talked about matching and mirroring being kind of basic, but that's, I think, where you have to start when it comes to anything in life. You got to start at the fundamentals, the basics. And when you think about NLP, what you really truly want to think about is how do you make people feel comfortable in your style of communication? How do you connect with people on a way that they want to be connected with? And matching and mirroring is the first step to that. So ask yourself, whether you go to a listing presentation, you make a phone call, what is your prospecting activity, your relationship building activity that you're doing? And are you implementing matching and mirroring where you're trying to match that person's energy? You're trying to match that person's demeanor, their tonality. You're trying to use the type of language that they use. So if they're not someone using big words, don't use big words, right? Because it's not going to connect with them. Remember, the difference between top producers and mediocre producers in every single business is top producers take action. Take action on that today. 